0: Thanks for being here. Let's begin.
1: They're going to do some kind of search, and ideally you want them to see your ad on Google and think, oh, that's the TV ad I saw yesterday, or that's the billboard I saw yesterday.
0: Any financial manager will tell you that the key to steady returns is a diversified portfolio. The same is true for marketing.
1: The more you can put the seed in their head, so when they go to look after an event, Because it's almost like they have amnesia when the event happens. And like, oh, wait, personal injury lawyer. Why didn't I think of that guy? That's the guy that I see all the time in the billboard. That's the guy I see on the
0: television. You're listening to The Rankings Podcast, the show where top marketers and elite personal injury attorneys share their stories about getting to the top and what keeps them there. Not many people have had the success of Joe Zarzar, founder of Zarzar Law, a personal injury firm in Pensacola, Florida. Joe is a member of the Million Dollar Advocates Forum and is a board-certified civil trial lawyer, a distinction that only 1% of Florida attorneys can claim. We talked about the compound effect of having multiple marketing channels and how one quality case can be worth a handful of bad fits. I'm your host, Chris Dreyer, founder and CEO of Rankings.io. We help elite personal injury attorneys dominate first page rankings with search engine optimization. SEO is all about the first page, and that's also where we like to start our show. Here's Joe Zarzar, founder of Zarzar Law.
1: You know, I think everybody that works for a company fantasizes, I think, about having their own business, right, at some point in time. And sometimes it's a fleeting fantasy. Sometimes you're better off not having your own company, right? But I think there are personalities that are better on their own. I had that kind of personality where I was like, okay, I I mean, I was, I think I was a decent, obedient employee as a lawyer, but at the same time, I'm opinionated, right? And I think unlike a lot of lawyers, I like business. So I think a lot of lawyers, and doctors and other professionals, accountants, they like their craft, and then the business is sort of second. I like my craft. Okay, don't get me wrong, I love it, right? But I like being a businessman too, an entrepreneur, an advertiser, a marketer. So I enjoy that aspect of this too. And I think what gave me the idea of thinking this is the right move for me was wanting to make all the decisions for the business and not be questioned about it, not have to go through layers of other people. I wanted to make this decision this way and why don't we market it this way? I don't want to have to ask somebody permission to do that. I wanted to just do it. So I think that's really what made the decision for me.
0: Yeah, and I think that's great. So you wanted to drive, you wanted to be innovative and explore unique opportunities that you probably saw weren't being applied to the firm you're at previously. You wanted a little bit more control. What were those early days to the firm like? How were you hustling to get those clients in the early days?
1: Well, they're scary, right? You're scared to death. You know, you look back at bills that used to make you like cringe and you're thinking, "Jeez, my gosh, I wish I had that kind of American Express business bill now, right? Mm-hmm. I was like worried about $3,000 a month on my American Express business card. But yeah. I remember being scared to death. I remember thinking to myself, how am I going to make it? I think it helped me when I went out on my own that I was not married at the time. I didn't have a child. And so it was less scary. I didn't have a ton of student loan debt at the time. I had retired most of that. I didn't have a lot of other debt. So I think that makes it a lot easier for people when they go out on their own to not have personal debt and personal concerns or as many as a lot of people have, right? So it makes the decision and it makes the risk a lot less. You're only risking you, right? You're not risking people at home that are counting on you, creditors that are counting on you to pay your bills. If you have a bunch of debt already, you know, it made it a lot easier for me to branch out and just go.
0: So it would be fair to say it's kind of the Dave Ramsey approach. You didn't carry a lot of debt. You got to make moves and make your cash work for you.
1: I don't know that I agree with everything Dave Ramsey says. <laughs> I
0: don't think we all do.
1: <laughs> but the whole debt thing, I think the less debt you have in general in the world, mm-hmm. the more free you
0: are to make decisions. Absolutely. I 100% agree. So, you know, taking it to the next level, you started acquiring cases, you started building your brand. Is there a big turning point, maybe a, a case that settled or a marketing initiative that you did that really took it to the next level?
1: Absolutely. In this business, in the trial lawyer business, you really don't know for sure you're good at this until you get a big verdict. You can settle a thousand cases, right? And you can settle them for millions and millions of dollars. But until a jury, after hearing you present your case, gives your client millions and millions and millions of dollars, I don't know that you know that you've made it in this profession until that happens. And until that happens over and over again, you may think it's an anomaly, right? So that is what gave me confirmation. Until that time, even though I loved what I did and even though I felt like I did it better than average, I didn't have that validation that a jury had awarded my clients millions and millions of dollars. And until that happened, I didn't feel like I had validation. So I would constantly be thinking, well, you know, I like doing this and I feel like I can make some money and I feel like I'm really good and I feel like I'm better than average. But maybe I should do something else like sports marketing or sports agency or do this, do that. And until you really get that verdict that says, no, 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 dude, only, you know, 0.2% of lawyers in this business get this kind of number verdict, you are doing what you're supposed to do, right? So that gave validation.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Validation and confidence. I'm sure there's just a ton of confidence and momentum that build from that. And then you can, I guess, leverage that giant case result for marketing and referral potentials. So, you know, very few successful business owners get to to where they are without making some mistakes. Are there any mistakes that come to mind that you learn from?
1: Daily. (laughs) I'm a professional mistake maker, actually. I just try to make less mistakes than I don't. And then I also try to fix them when I do, right? Mistake-wise, my God, there's so many. Let's just take maybe the biggest mistakes I've made is joining up with firms along the way without making sure I had an ironclad understanding and writing about how we were going to split fees. So if you join prosecutions with firms and everybody's buddies and whatever, everybody's happy. And in this business, you know, it's very everything's contingency related right so nobody gets paid until the case is over everybody's working towards the same goal nobody realizes there's money until there's money and what happens is we all are working towards that recovery and then when it happens everybody's like well everybody's got an inflated impression of what they did to get the money right including me so When the money's there is not the time to try to figure out how much you should get and how much you should get, whether this is a fair deal or not, right? The biggest mistake I made, the ones that has cost me the most is that when I have co-counsel in cases that I feel like are not pulling their weight, so to speak, and I feel like I'm giving more to, to the mix than they are, then I need to immediately address that before the recovery happens so that when, and if the recovery does happen, there's not this big fight over. It.
0: Candid conversations right when you see them.
1: Or hard conversations to have, but they're a lot harder to have when the money's sitting in a trust account and we're all fighting over.
0: It. You know what I mean? That makes sense. And that's something I haven't heard before, but, but I totally understand. And now that you've experienced that pain, now you've learned from that situation, I'm sure that you're, you're establishing those boundaries, those, those situations now in the future.
1: I'm a little militant about it now. Like I I overdo it too much. Like first phone call with somebody, they're referring a case. I'm very diligent about making sure everything's clear in an email. As soon as we get off the phone, here's what we decided, right? Here are the percentages. Here's what we decided, put it in writing, done. And then if something changes, I immediately address it as uncomfortable as it may be. I may say, listen, you know, I'm starting to take a lot more depositions than I thought. I think we should revisit these numbers.
0: Another potentially uncomfortable decision that Joe says is critical has to do with personnel, especially at a small company. The people you hire will be operating a huge portion of your business. What do you do if someone isn't performing? I asked him how he conceptualizes these difficult staffing decisions.
1: Staffing is by far, I think, the number one challenge of any business owner, getting good staff, keeping them, and weeding out the ones that aren't gonna ever make it. A lot of businesses, I think, hire people, And they're mediocre, but mediocrity doesn't ever push anybody to make any big decisions, you know, one way or the other. They don't piss you off enough to get fired. They don't impress you enough to give them big bonuses. So they just sort of wallow around in mediocrity for years. Meanwhile, there's a candidate out there that could be taking that position to a whole nother level, right? And you're not doing that. Now, I know that's grass is greener on the other side kind of thing. But I'm a firm believer in that in the professional setting maybe it doesn't work in personal relationships always looking for maybe a bigger brighter shinier object but I do feel like if you don't want your staff to be mediocre you don't want your brand to be mediocre everybody in your facility needs to be doing their best to be better than that every day and if they're not
0: bye-bye I totally agree, and the longer someone's with your company, the harder it is to have those conversations. So, just addressing it early too makes it makes it even easier from a, a personal feeling type of yeah, situation. Yeah. So, let's talk about the good. What What's a proud moment that really stands out for you?
1: Well, uh, of course, opening your own office is a big deal, right? Getting those verdicts are a big deal. I think being recognized as a board certified civil trial specialist by the Florida Bar is a big deal because it didn't come along easy. There's like 90,000 lawyers in Florida and 1% of those have the certification. And I think that was a big deal. Being recognized as someone that cares about the community with awards that applaud the, the amount of work we do in the community helping people is important to us also. You know, I think I've gotten a lot of employees that have worked out and that ended up going elsewhere Bigger and brighter things have written some really nice notes. I've kept them over the years that said to me, You helped me grow into a better worker, human, blah, blah, blah. I think those are things that matter. And then, of course, clients that are thankful about their cases. And that's a weekly thing. It makes me like I have to catch my breath every time that happens because when I read these things, I forget. I'm like, I am having an impact on people's lives, right? In a positive way. And of course, I'm not out here saving lives, you know, with my hands, but at the same time, I'm making lives a little bit better that have been pretty much destroyed, right? Or messed up pretty bad. Those things mean a lot.
0: In any given day, a customer might see hundreds of ads across a dozen different platforms. No single ad can tip the scales of an environment. And even if you're omitting a channel, you might be missing out on a whole customer base. I asked Joe why having a multi-channel approach to marketing is crucial for a PI law firm.
1: Personal injury lawyers is what I can really speak to. And I can tell you this, I don't think you can just invest in one medium. You have to be sort of like a shotgun approach. If you're gonna be on TV, you almost have to be in billboards. If you're gonna be in billboards, you gotta be in Google AdWords or some other internet search thing, right? I think everybody wants to use their phone to contact everybody, including lawyers. And if you're not accessible on your phone, right? They may know who you are. They may know your name. They may remember your name. But when they go through a traumatic event, they're gonna forget for a second, right? And what they need to do is to be reminded who you are again. And the best way to do that, fortunately or unfortunately, is SEO and Google AdWords. Because they're gonna search Google, they're gonna do some kind of search, and ideally you want them to see your ad on Google and think, oh, that's the TV ad I saw yesterday, or that's the billboard I saw yesterday. The more you can put the seed in their head, so when they go to look after an event, because it's almost like they have amnesia when the event happens and then they personal injury lawyer and like, oh, wait, why didn't I think of that guy? That's the guy that I see all the time in the billboard. That's the guy I see on the television. They use Google as a way of looking it up. Right. And I hate to say it, but Google controls a lot of that business. And unless your website is like top notch, which is a daily deal. Like daily, you have to update the content, make sure your the algorithm is the same, hadn't changed, whatever, tweak it here and there. You can't guarantee SEO is gonna be at the top every time. So you gotta do something else to make sure you're at the top. That's why Google AdWords, I think is, they've got a sort of a monopoly going in a way.
0: So you've got your top of the funnel, whether you call that, you know, no is no like trust or awareness, engagement and consideration, whatever you talk about it, your TV, billboards or that awareness. But then that's, that's the brand equity play. So then when someone does type it in Google, you got to be able to show up for them to be able to convert. I do think
1: that there is a way to get a mass volume of cases, which I just described. And there's also a way to get quality cases with people that are, are going to take time to hire a lawyer. They're not going to just put a Google search in and, and right. say, I remember that guy's name. They're going to want to say, well, let's compare his credentials to her credentials. And let's see who's actually better suited for our case. Frankly, I'd rather have three quality cases than 30 my neck hurt cases, right? Not only are those going to provide the internal satisfaction for the firm and for the client and for me for actually helping somebody that's in a really bad situation and helping the community by making a wrong right, right? But it's more valuable, right? It would take 40 my neck hurt cases, right? And I'm not making fun of or little of people's neck because neck injuries are bad things, but What I am saying is non-herniated disc cases, cases where you can't show something in an objective film, but the person has soft tissue injuries, facet injuries, perhaps. Those cases are just not as valuable as a neck surgery case, right? Right. You got to be doing both. You got to be appealing to the folks who may not research you very much because there are good cases there too. But you also have to be making sure the people that are going to be smart about the process, that you're providing them the content they need to make intelligent decisions so that you appear and sound as different as you are.
0: I 100% agree. I, you know, the multi-channel approach is first of all, how you're getting your name out Mm -hmm. there, but it also complements each other. TV and billboards complement the SEO because then you capture those clicks. And then the other thing, you know, the higher your brand perception and expertise raises, the more likely you are to get those great cases through a referral too, just in a different avenue, not only from directly from the consumer. So I, I 100% agree and I, I think the multi-channel approach is what you have to do nowadays to, to capture attention.
1: Right, I can't agree with that more.
0: So next let's shift to kind of like a personal development. What's one book that comes to mind that you would recommend?
1: That's a tough question. I I try to read a lot of current events. I like nonfiction. For business purposes, Shoe Dog. Bill Nard wrote Shoe Dog as the founder of Nike. I thought that was a great book. I read it about a year ago, but it sticks out from a business standpoint as, as one that I enjoyed a lot. Richard Haas just wrote a book called The World. It's brand new. I just started it a couple nights ago, but it seems like it's a really, he basically calls it an introduction to the world. And it's almost like everybody that's coming through school should be required to read it because it basically introduces you to every part of the world and what their interests are, right? And how they're different than ours and how we can use that knowledge of everybody's differences to get along better and to understand why people do things, right? So those two books stick out for purposes of this conversation.
0: Yeah, I'm gonna have to read The World, you said, and then Shoe Dog. I did read Shoe Dog and it was kind of nice because it exposed the good and the bad kind of Nike's journey. So it was nice to see them like at a human level. What about mentors or influences? Is Is there a specific mentor that comes to mind that helped you develop your expertise?
1: I don't know that I have any one particular person, but there are lawyers in Florida that are older than me that I sort of, you know, through my trade groups, the Florida Justice Association, we get together two or three times a year, and you you just sort of you put your eye on somebody, you're like, hmm, that dude's got it, got to figure it figured out, right? Or that lady's got to figure it figured out. And so I've quietly watched people that I don't really care to name, and I don't know that they would care for me to name them. And I've admired them from afar and thought to myself, maybe I can build my practice to be what theirs is right and this the level of respect they command from their peers is so impressive that you know it means more than any verdict actually you know the idea that your peers think that much of you is really success in any particular industry if your peers respect your abilities to do that job you've really succeeded right regardless of how much money you have or how many boats and cars and planes you have if you've gotten their respect, you've done something. Because there's a ton of people that make money in this business that have no respect. <laughs> there's a lot of people that advertise and they get a lot of volume cases who I wouldn't hire to handle a speeding ticket, literally a speeding ticket trial. Like they have no clue what they're doing, right? But they're great marketers, but that doesn't mean anything when it comes to this trade, being a trial lawyer.
0: Yeah. And when you congregate with those people that are successful, kind of immerse yourself, you get ideas that, that maybe, you know, you, it leads to innovation. And, and I've right. seen that myself in, in our digital agency masterminds. You know, I work with a d- different digital marketing company and I, I'm like, whoa, that's, that's a great idea. I need to implement that. Joe, one final question. Is there anything you wanted to talk about we haven't discussed?
1: I think it's important for people to be physically healthy. One of the big things here at the firm is we do, the firm does a required yoga session every week. I pay for their Y memberships. I encourage people in the Y is just like right across the street from us, a brand new, sparkling, beautiful YMCA. And I encourage people to take an extra, I pay for them to take an extra long lunch if they're working out. The women want to take a shower afterwards. I give them an hour and a half instead of an hour. I personally have to work out every day or I don't feel like I'm ready to work. And I feel like the healthier people are physically, the more productive they're gonna be, the happier they're gonna be, the more mentally healthy they're gonna be. It's just the better they're gonna be with their family, the better they're gonna be with themselves. It's a priority. And I feel like businesses that don't put that as a priority for their staff are making huge miscalculations because if you work them to death, right? And then you reward them with like beer, wine, and food, and you're not paying attention to and promoting their health and well-being, they're just gonna crash and burn like you are at some point, right? Now, of course, I'm not saying I'm gonna live forever, but I'm gonna be living until I drop, right? And so it may be a sudden kind of drop, but it ain't gonna be one of those long extended sickness kind of drops, you get my drift.
0: I I think that's a great piece of advice. And I know that my wife, if she's listening to this episode, is going to push me more on it. Yeah, so I I 100% agree. And I I applaud you for that. I think that's tremendous. That's a way better benefit than uh, many of these other types of benefits you could provide as a business owner, besides just the standard health insurance and all those types of things. Guys, we've been talking to Joe, elite personal attorney at Zarzar Law. Joe, where can we learn more about you?
1: ZarzarLaw.com, if you want to read my website or read about me, JoeZarzar.com. And one of the first big verdicts I got, I saw a lawyer out at a retail store and he, he said, man, you beat that lawyer. And that lawyer works for Johnson & Johnson. And that lawyer hates your guts. And I was like, what are you talking about? And that lawyer had had been litigating against him for ten years, and we went to trial. And the most he had offered was like two hundred thousand dollars, and the verdict was like nine point three million or something. And I, and of course, the guy was pissed off. He had all his Ivy League, you know, crew in the courtroom, and he was talking down to everybody, including the jury, the whole trial, you know, using words that nobody understood. He had to look up. And at the end of the case, he was telling people that he hated me, like. He hates me for the verdict, right? And so I took that statement and I made it into an advertising campaign. I hate joesarger.com. And so I put that all around town and people are like, what the heck, what is that? I hate joesarger.com. And you go to the website and it explains that whole story about why this lawyer hates me because I beat he and his client to oblivion and back. And so in any event, I hate joesarger.com is also a way to get, get my story.
0: That's great. We'll, we'll share that to our audience. And, and I'm going to have to check that out right after this. Joe, it's been awesome having you on the show. Uh, thanks so much.
1: I enjoyed it, Chris. Y'all take care. Thanks for having me.
0: What a great conversation. I love what Joe had to say about not only finding clients, but finding the right clients. I think having great SEO and marketing in general can give the flexibility to choose your customers and work with those that serve your business best. I'd like to thank Joe Zarzar for sharing his thoughts and his story with us, and I hope you gained some valuable insights from this conversation. You've been listening to the Rankings Podcast. I'm Chris Dreyer. If you like this episode or have an idea for a future guest whose story you'd love to hear, leave her a view and tell me more. I'll catch you next week with another inspiring story and some SEO tips and tricks, all with page one in mind.